You're listening to Investigation Insiders by Integris Intelligence. Hi again, everybody. This is Farhad. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Investigation Insiders. So this is part two of an episode we call an embezzler and a forensic accountant. Joining me again are Sarah Nasir from Integrity One Solutions and Barry Webney of the Webney Consulting Group. In part one of this series, we talked to Barry about his checkered past. In today's episode, we will talk about how to prevent this from happening to you and detect it if it does. So Sarah, uh, welcome again. How are you today? Good. How are you? Thank you for for having me. Absolutely. We're we're excited to listen to what you have to say today. Um, Barry, welcome also. How how are you? I'm real good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, So Sarah, we left off last episode by talking about how much of a problem this is today. Can you review that again and perhaps provide an example or two of this happening in more recent times that you're aware of? Sure, absolutely. So, and how big a problem is this? And Farhad, you would be surprised. Um, it is massive. I am going to wow you with some, at least two statistics, and which I would like for everybody to think about during this episode. And then I'll give you an example or two of like more current events that happened, obviously not from the 90s, but at least for the past two years. So a recent report, which was published by the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, which is an organization that, among other things, tracks this type of fraud, um, they found that occupational fraud, which is the kind of fraud Barry committed, resulted in losses of more than $3.6 billion, and that's billion with a B, and that's massive. This is just based on cases they reviewed and were reported to them. And bear in mind, um, many cases go unreported for many reasons, like such as, I know this for a fact because a lot of business owners don't want to file criminal charges because they don't want the public to know that they may have been a victim. Sure. And... The second statistic, which according to that same report, and it is more alarming, is that these are not one-time thefts. In fact, some of these frauds um, last for a year or more, very much like Barry's lasted for at least a year in his case and the second one as well. So what I'm going to tell you is that these fraudsters are not writing or making a one-time payment to themselves for $8 million. That's not happening all at one time. Um, and, you know, just to point out what Barry said in the first episode about testing the waters and then becoming bolder is very true. I, mean, I have seen this personally in the cases that I've done time and time again, how fraudsters test to see if they get away with just moving a few dollars, approving an invoice for a nominal amount, or creating a vendor in the system just to see if anybody questions that act. And and again, you know, just to point out what, you know, because Barry said it in the first episode and it resonates here, he was testing his access and limits. And this goes on today as well. So now for that example of a more current story, um, this happened about two years ago. Hard way to get rid of people is just hard. This is their livelihood. Um, and when the president began digging in and really looking into the details of their financial statements, 
that is when actually all the worms came out and it pointed to the controller. You have to understand this is a controller that was part of their day-to-day -day conversations about how to be um, more profitable and how to make more money, how to protect itself, how to make sure that they're meeting their financial goals. I mean, this is, as, as an owner, as a business owner, this is devastating to know that the person that you trusted really didn't come through for you. You know, and the controller obviously had no cares because she, they caused like financial injury to not only the company, but to their coworkers. And um, from what I know of this case, the controller wasn't stealing to put food on the table or feed an addiction or put or pay for medical care for a sick family member. Rather, um, they spent the money leading a very lavish lifestyle. And this is also hard for any business owner who's been a victim to hear because they don't, they want to know how the money was spent, but they, it breaks their heart every time they learn of like what they use this money on. So in this instance, the person bought a new like fancy car. They paid for their personal expenses through the company. They renovated their home. And amongst other things, they had cosmetic surgery, which obviously, you know, breaks anyone's heart, especially if you're losing money and laying people off. This um, particular company for HUD did file criminal charges, which is, which is nice to know. Um, and the controller was sentenced to 30 months in prison and had to pay restitution. But, and finally to this story, I want to stress the point I made earlier about how many of these crimes go unreported. I mean, it was later learned that this controller had done the same thing to two of their previous employers. Can you imagine that? That's incredible. I mean, it is incredible. Neither of these two previous cases were prosecuted. So effectively, she, you know, this person was able to perpetrate the same crime in another place without the employer knowing that those had happened in the past. I'll tell you that that last point really, really hit home. Uh, you know, to to be a victim of a crime that a person has previously committed um, that went basically undetected because you know uh, others and and you understand both sides of it, right? I mean, I guess I guess I understand why people may not want it to be known that they were defrauded for I guess a lot of different reasons, but man, that that's a hard pill to swallow. It is. It's hard to see, you know, especially the business owners and those and they it breaks their heart to let these people go, but they have no choice. And in some cases, Farhad, I mean there were bankruptcies. Can you imagine a company being completely bankrupt just because of act, an action of one person or one person's greed? Yeah, I'll tell you what that you know we we've always been pretty paranoid about you know when we when we started you know many years ago um, advice that we received from other business owners and entrepreneurs is that you got to know your finances and you know we were lucky in that people broke it down to knowing your finances doesn't just mean uh, revenues and profits or losses it's knowing what goes into it so you got to know your numbers inside out and i can see you know one of the things we talked about in the uh, last episode was does this happen when times are really really good and people aren't paying attention right i can see how that could happen because if, if there's money going into everyone's pocket maybe you're a little bit lax and maybe you you don't want to ask people questions because 
you know, things are going so well. So why would, it's almost counterintuitive to ask questions. But if you follow a consistent way of doing these things, I, I mean, you really, it, it really is a nightmare scenario, that, like what you just described. Uh, Barry, do you have any, any comments or anything you'd want to add to what we're talking about? I believe everything that uh, Sarah said, and I've seen it, I've spoken all over the country for the past decade. I've heard stories that'll make your head spin. And when when my crime first happened, I thought, man, I'm I'm the the only one in the world that would ever steal from their from their company. It, this crime is so rare that, you know, I'm ashamed of myself. I, I was ashamed of myself to begin with, but I thought this crime was so rare until I started doing some investigation. And and it's everywhere. I mean, it it's Every time you open the newspaper, you see an article about it. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, what about all the cases that go unprosecuted? And there's yeah. a ton of them. Yeah, no, abs absolutely. Um, and you know what's what else is crazy and, and kind of what you guys are talking about is that yes it's it's complicated over time but it's it's amazing how simple it could be as well you know just testing the waters making up a phony contractor you know things like that and so we're talking about larger crimes but can you imagine like forget about millions of dollars forget that right but let's just say whether it's a million dollars or it's one dollar, it's a crime, right? Someone's stealing. So imagine how many things are going on where it's a lot more like smaller amounts that are happening more regularly. I would imagine you guys would agree that that's probably happening even more frequently, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had a case which went on for more than two decades. I mean, that was the longest. And that was, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. And it went on and on, and, and there were various different ways of moving a couple of dollars out. So I think we understand the problem, right? Um, so let, let's talk about what people can do to avoid fraud and theft within their organizations. Um, and um, hoping you could enlighten us today, uh, Sarah. Sure. Um, we can be here for days discussing, you know, different recommendations. But I have three simple but very effective recommendations. I mean, I obviously like lists, so this yep. is going to be very list worthy. Um, so the, the first one for hot. I think that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people understand lists and they can yep. remember this too. It's quite simple. Sure. Um, the first one for hot is, and you can appreciate this one, is conduct a professional pre-employment background check. Um, and this has like multiple little layers. And I'll go through them and I'll explain why they're so important. Sure. Um, you know, one doesn't really cover everything, but a lot of them in, in, you know, together enhances any background checks. So civil and criminal checks. This may sound inconsistent with what I just said earlier about free to reoffend when someone is fired and not prosecuted. But while it's true that a background check would not have detected the controller, um, and what her what their actions were, there are other techniques employers can use, which brings me to my next point. Check references. This is so important. A lot of people, you know, interview somebody, they like the person's resume, and they don't call the previous employers. They feel like they have a gut feeling about a person, they say, let's go with it. 
but look at the position that the person held, the length of the employment of that individual, and the reasons why they left. Hopefully you get an honest former employer and that gives you this indication or gives you more information. Um, also, check their credit. Obviously, you would not want anyone with a sorted financial past. I mean, there's obviously a lot of pressure to probably steal or take something that doesn't belong to them. So why put somebody in that position, right? Sure. And, and Sarah, just, just to interrupt, uh, just for everyone out there, we're talking about what I think Sarah's talking about is positions of trust that are going to have responsibility over money, over cutting checks, not not every single employee, but people that have that sort of responsibility to look into their background this in depth. So sorry about that, but I, I just wanted to clarify one thing on that. No, thank you. That was That's absolutely correct. Um, also, if you're having this person of trust and person that you want to put in charge of your money, your assets, your company, verify yep. their education, yep. right? That's one other thing. And my most favorite, and this I do often for a lot of companies, review their social media page. It gives you such an insight to who that person is. And so moving on to number two in my long list of recommendations, this is Strong, and I know Barry can, uh, you know, talk more a little bit more about this if you'd like. Implement strong internal controls. These are measures that safeguard a company's assets. There are many measures a company may implement. Um, however, again, I'm going to give you two important ones. Okay, this is again easy to remember, and I'll give you examples. Mm -hmm. Separation of duties. So no employee should be responsible for both approving a payment and issuing that same payment. You you see how that could be a problem, right, Farhad? Sure. Um, also, access controls. These are access to physical, whether you have inventory, if you are a retailer, financial assets, obviously, as well as accounting systems. They should be restricted to authorized employees. I mean, if everybody has access, you don't know what's happening in your own company, and that could lead to a lot of harm. Finally, number three, this is a catch-all, which is reform, a perform like regular fraud assessments. So a lot of companies, they say, well, we have internal controls. They're strong. We know that they're strong because we've had them for years. But you know what? Go in every now and then, conduct a random fraud assessment as they measure the effectiveness of your existing controls. So you can change or tweak them as you feel like they're, you know, times are changing, things are changing. And um, this also goes a long way in letting employees know that fraud prevention is a high priority for the company. So it'll discourage them from trying anything, you know, funny. Um, and one thing I'd like to point out, this perform fraud assessments and uh, the other couple of recommendations that I made. I know during this odd time that, um, Everybody's working from home. Things have changed. The business models have changed a little bit. How does that, how does, how does a company, you know, continue doing this? And these recommendations that I made are very flexible and, and adaptable. And it's up to the company to ask themselves a question like, you know, how have my, how has my operation changed? And once you can answer that, then go in and check these controls, reassess them, go in often and reassess figure out what's happening, what's changed, and how can you make them stronger.
Yeah, the, uh, all excellent, excellent points. Um, Barry, do you, you know, our show is called Investigation Insiders. And so one of the things we always try to do is, is peel back uh, the curtain uh, or the layers and, and look at things from a, um, from a perspective that's not, you know, obvious or uh, anything like that. And just wondering, uh, obviously, having been in the position that you were in previously, if you'd add anything to that, that um, you know, you would know from what you did, obviously. Well, I think that anybody can commit this crime. And when I first committed my crime in Cleveland, Ohio, they if they would have done a background check, I would have been clean and they would have hired me. Um, so I believe that all that aside, I think the important thing to get out of this is that Businesses need to have strong internal controls in place because you don't know who you're hiring. You don't know what's going to come up in their lives. You don't know what they're up against. And, and I talked to Sarah a little bit. I've come to grips with my past and I would never, ever put myself in a position to, to repeat this crime a third time. Uh, but I think I would be a stronger, if I was looking for a job, somebody's going to rule me out immediately because of my past, although my past would have nothing to do with my future. Just the same as somebody with a clean background is might get hired. So I think a lot of that you 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 take a lot of the risk away if you install proper internal controls. And I think that's important. I think getting a fraud assessment is important. Uh, and I think also setting a no tolerance policy for employee theft. And you don't have to, you know, recreate the wheel, wheel here. You just have to let your employees know that, hey, we as a business aren't going to tolerate this behavior. If you steal something, you're done. Whether it's a box of paper clips or a million dollars, it's theft and you're gone. No questions asked. And I think that's important. Sure. I think that uh, lastly, um, you know, I've always heard that if you do nothing about this type of crime, if you're a business owner and you do nothing, it's just a matter of time before you're victimized. And I think that uh, some of your listeners are probably being victimized right now as we speak, and they, they'll never know. They may never know right. uh, unless they get a professional to help. Sure. Sure. No, I, I mean, all fantastic points. Uh, you know, a couple of things um, as, as I listen to both of you that, uh, again, I'm sort of taking away, right? Uh, certainly, again, I, I think the background checks set uh, an initial sort of gauge of do we know anything about this person's past? One thing I'd add to that is ongoing the, the background checks. So the person that you hired may not be the person, the, the same person a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now. There may be different pressures in their life which would um, uh, you know, cause them to perhaps behave differently, right? The other uh, thing that I'm listening to is is the layered approach. I think Sarah and Barry, you guys would both agree that almost anything related to security, fraud prevention, uh, theft, all there is no one stop. And, and Sarah, you said this before. There's no one stop solution to this, right? It's everything is a layered approach to hopefully giving yourself a fighting chance to 
prevent these things from happening to you. And then again, one of the, you know, you mentioned the, the audits and, um, you know, uh, things like that. That goes to the culture. And Barry talked about a couple of things about uh, a no-nonsense policy and things like that. I think the culture is a very important one. And it sets a tone for how the organization runs and the fact that there are consequences to your actions and that people understand and know that so that, again, that's just another layer of hopefully preventing these things from you, right? So that's what i'm taking away so far um i'm just curious to know what else you guys would add to that as far as if our listeners were to walk away from this podcast with a few different things um what is it that you'd want them to walk away with um why don't we start with you sarah sure fahad um you know the, the phrase situational awareness comes to mind and for me, that means a heightened sense of my surroundings when walking alone at night. However, for business owners and executives, they have to be tuned in, I think, to what is going on with their employees. I mean, you mentioned earlier people, when, when things are good, nobody's looking at, at the financials and the details of the financials. When things are bad, that's when they start looking into it. But being aware of what's going on in your company with your employees is is very, very important, especially those employees in positions of trust, right? So again, these are a couple of things that I would take notice of if I was a business owner. Employees who are very territorial, they come in early, stay late, be perfect employee, very much like what Barry was with to his employers. Um, you know, always a yes man, always making sure that he was always there, always present for any problems that they may have. That doesn't in itself mean that that person is stealing. It's just something to look out for. Just, just you know, be aware of those things. Um, knowing, again, if one of your employees has, you know, personal economic pressures, whether or not they have gambling or addiction issues, they're going through a divorce, if they have a sick loved one. And this is something that a company can start looking into is, accessing computer networks during off hours. And lastly, this is something that we talked about in that, um, in that auto dealership, the shrinking pop profit margin, odd account changes. This is again, part of situational awareness. What is going on with your company? Be aware, take notice, be part of the company that you're running. So the bottom line, just be aware, be cognizant. I, I love I love the uh, use of the term situational awareness in this context. Um, I, again, your point about thinking about you know walking down a dark street at night. Um, uh, <laughs> one thing, but the use of it is is so applicable in in this uh, sort of setting. And I got to tell you, I mean, this these are just such practical things that again I think people take for granted each day you know like think about an employee that's just Johnny on the spot right with every single thing and obviously that's what we look for right I mean that's that's what we want we want employees that are responsive that are clean in their work that are you know um, always uh, work with a sense of urgency but it's you know again in this context it's it's amazing to think about how that can actually uh, work against you if you're not aware that there might be other things going on there. Obviously, like you said, there are a lot of 
fantastic people in the world that do this as uh, as a good thing. There's obviously nothing nefarious going on, but just as a, as a sign of hey, you know what? The culture should be that we're we're there are checks and balances, and uh, these are things that we should be aware of. So, just fantastic points, Sarah. Uh, Barry, I'm gonna um, let you conclude with uh, what what you think our listeners should should walk away from with the, uh, this episode. I think that I think that business owners need to let their employees know that they're paying attention to what's going on, and I I try to to get the message out that that they need to ask questions. Even if you already know the answer to a question that you're going to ask an employee, ask the question anyway, because it puts your employees on guard. Uh, they'll assume that you're concerned and pay, paying attention to what's going on within the business. And they'll think twice about taking money or taking assets. I think you have to as a business owner, you have to ask as many questions as you can, even if you already know the answer. Your employees, it, your employees need to know that you're concerned. And this comes from the top down. So I think that that's very important. You know, so just just to follow up on that point, um, so I, I'm assuming what you're saying is uh, when, when this was going on with yourself, had there been people above you really asking specific questions, following up, making you provide documentation. At some point, uh, I mean, it would have, it would have, or it could have prevented you from doing, or at least thinking about doing what you were doing, correct? Correct. In, in, and I don't want to minimize my crime, but in both cases, I was told you're in charge of the accounting. I don't, you know, as a business owner, I, I don't care what you do, just make sure you, you know, just make sure you report the numbers accurately. Mm -hmm. uh, I was never asked for backup information. And I think that if I would have been, it would have been a matter of time before I was caught, not four or five years. Sure, sure. No, I, I mean, that you know, that that's important for everyone to know. And again, it goes to that layered approach that you both were talking about earlier. Um, Sarah, anything else you want to add to what Barry just said? Just two takeaways for me. And those are, again, something that anyone can remember and understand. And as Barry said, trust but verify and be vigilant. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, just, just fantastic uh, points. I mean, I, I, I really appreciate uh, as you mentioned earlier sarah i think i think we can sit around and talk about this for for a very very long time but um uh if 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 our listeners out there have questions again as i mentioned during the at the end of the first episode we're going to put um uh, sarah and barry's contact information uh in the description of this podcast uh you guys can also reach out to us if you have any questions or want to link up with them uh thank you all for tuning in to part two um uh, thanks for uh joining us uh sarah and barry and um have a great 2021 thank you you too thank you Don't forget to follow us. We are on LinkedIn and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube.